It was a historic case, okay? It was the first private prosecution for rape in England and Wales. I'm not allowed to tell you the outcome because that would be a spoiler. <laughs> but it is a very tense drama. <laughs> Welcome to Good Sex, Bad Sex, a podcast from metro.co.uk. It's a bit like going to the theatre, but with bigger boxes. <laughs> Do you like that? Not really. <laughs> My name is Bibi Lynch. I'm Miranda Kane. And this mm. is going to be fascinating. It's a yeah. little bit of our usual... Um, blundering mess. <laughs> blundering mess. Uh, and to hear my, like, all those, do go back to SoundCloud. <laughs> They're all there. We're going to do um, a bit, bit of culture, bit of yeah. culture, bit of interesting history. And it's about a play called No Bad Women. Should we find out about it? Yes, please. Hello, my name's Lisa Longstaff and I work for Women Against Rape and I'm currently producing a play called No Bad Women, Rape on Trial. One of the things that caught my eye was because No Bad Women is one of the slogans that's often used within sex worker rights. Yes. So Invented I, by the English Collective of Prostitutes. Yes. The slogan goes, No Bad Women, Just Bad Laws. Yes. Oh. So we thought that would be a great title for a play. Yeah. Tell us about the play a little bit then. What's the premise? Well, the play, basically, it is essentially a courtroom drama. It's been... Uh, taken from the actual transcript of a real trial, which ha happened in 1995. And the reason it's of interest today is that it was a historic case, okay? It was the first private prosecution for rape in England and Wales. I'm not allowed to tell you the outcome because that would be a spoiler. <laughs> but it is a very tense drama because you see these two women who are both sex workers and you hear why they went on the game. Mm -hmm. You hear... Um, how they're treated in court. You hear what's at stake for them. You hear how they went to the police and the Crown Prosecution Service and the case was closed, even though they were getting death threats from this guy. Wow. And they were both raped by the same client in his flat yeah. when they were visiting. They didn't know what to do. So they came to the English Collective of Prostitutes and Women Against Rape. Um, we share a women's centre and said, can you get me an injunction? I need to protect my kids and I need to stop this guy, you know, because the authorities won't take it to court yeah. and prosecute him. So I need to find my own protection. And we basically from then on helped them. And we, with the help of Legal Action for Women, which uh, was set up by the English Collective, found them some lawyers who would take it to court without being paid pro wow. bono. It took us three years. Wow. We worked closely with the women. We worked closely with the lawyers. The women weren't allowed to be in touch with each other and they didn't really know each other. And um, we got it to court. And it was such a big achievement because it proved that what the Crown Prosecution Service had closed it saying there wasn't enough evidence. And that was a typical reason that they used to close lots of rape cases. And that same year, we put out, we published a dossier of 15 cases that we felt should have been prosecuted. And it was almost the same excuse each time. But what we felt was going on is that they were siphoning off any of the cases where the women were related to the guy married to the guy from a lower social status, like younger sex workers, 
immigrant women, women of colour. Oh. We just felt it was prejudice. Yeah. And they were using this gener- generic excuse, oh, there's insufficient evidence, as a way to basically convey no one's going to believe you because you're not worthy in court. The jury's just not going to believe you because oh. you're not a respectable woman. Rape convictions now are, are at their lowest. Is it convictions or cases going to court? Well, what's happened is... Over the years, we have a campaigning from women's groups like ours have, have forced them to bring more cases to court. Um, lots of very public scandalous cases like the Jimmy Savile case have come to the public eye. There's been a massive increase in reported, in reported rape. And um, women are just not having it anymore. You know, they're yeah. just going to the police in massive numbers. For example, now, let me just give you the figure. Over the last four years, 2014 to 18, there's been three times more rapes reported. But there's been, over that period, a 40% drop in the cases they're taking to court. So, so, and are they using the same line that they gave to these women? Yes, basically they're saying the evidence isn't strong enough, a jury wouldn't believe you, we have to have a 51% chance of winning a conviction. I mean, they basically have changed their judgment so that they're not losing so many cases. But behind this, I think it's important for listeners to know many times in the cases that we deal with of women who come to us every day in all different circumstances, whether they're children, they've you know been raped by someone they know, raped in marriage, raped by a stranger. In quite a lot of the cases we deal with, the police haven't properly gathered the evidence. Those, those judging the case have not properly assessed the evidence. The forensics haven't been done properly. It's gone to the Crown Prosecution Service and the person who's looking at the case hasn't been properly instructed. The Crown Prosecution Service hasn't come back to the police and said, OK, you've ticked six of the seven boxes. You need to now go back and get number seven. Mm. It's just not happening. And then when it gets to court as well... We've seen quite a few times that the barristers are lacklustre, they don't have their heart in it, they haven't been properly briefed. Mm. Sometimes they make chaotic errors, like they've left out some crucial piece of evidence. Mm. And I'm afraid it's just not a very good service that people are getting. Yeah. And on top of that, all of those services have been cut. So, But why? Why would anyone mix, do that? Everything yeah. is getting pushed aside yeah do you find more people are coming to women against rape rather than just going themselves to police i mean I well guess we've always i mean a big piece of our work has always been to tell people what their rights are yeah. so you know we have a guide which takes people through the process and it says this is what's supposed to happen but if it goes wrong this is what you can do okay and so most of the women who contact us are not look this has just happened five minutes ago what do i do most people go to the police, they call 999, which is what they should do, and then they come to us when they run into difficulty. And, of course, as, as you'll know, because it's been all over the news, over the last year they've also changed what evidence they consider relevant. And oh they have God. been doing this thing where they seize your mobile phone, <sighs> they go through your medical records, they expect you to sign over your entire life's medical records. And before this happened... There was a way not to do that. You could you could sign a partial consent form saying, I only want to release medical records around that period where that rape happened. Mm. So if there are injuries, you know, that I went to the hospital about, you can have that. Yeah. But you're not to get hold of an abortion I had 10 years ago 
or mm. my when I was on meds because I was depressed 20 years ago, nor you're not supposed to be getting hold of, you know, a, a woman who's was accused of lying because her mum, she faked a, 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 an absence note from school yeah. 30 years earlier. Yeah. I mean... That's what kind of shit is that? So Excuse this is me. women. No, so this is women having to prove that they're good women. Yeah. So everything is about women having to prove they're good w- women. But, yeah. But it's so- proving you're good, but it's also it's really setting us back to pre nineteen seventies when the move when the women's movement got very active. Yeah. Where it's you who's on trial. Yeah. yeah. But why? What do you? What What's the brain set? What's the mindset between this happening at every stage? If every stage people are not bothered enough to do something. For something that when a story is reported, when a story is reported about rape and murder, they're seen as as rape is just below murder. Yeah. But in terms of these people's that's minds, that's not real. So what's go, what's the difference? How is there that disconnect? OK, well, I th- I mean, you're asking me to put myself in the shoes of somebody who who is in a profession that I'm not in. But what I see and what I witness every day is oh, she's probably lying, oh, she's just this or she's just that, or, you know, this poor guy has been accused, it's going to be terrible for him. And they actually say to some women, are you really sure you want this guy to go to prison? It's oh such God. a terrible thing. You know, it's that kind of just sexism. <sighs> it's like, can't you just move on? It's not that serious. It's just a bit of bad sex. It's yeah. just some unwanted sex. Why do you have to make such a fuss? And there's so many kind of mindsets that come into play. Yeah. I'm just throwing out a few. Is that, do you deal specifically within the London area or do you deal like we, nationwide? We're in touch with people all over the country. Wow. So it's not even just like a metropolitan thing. No, not it's, at all. It's within not at all. all different police. Yeah. And, and it's been exacerbated now because, I mean, these are sex workers the number of women who've gone on the game in the recent period because of the austerity cuts yeah. has massively it's increased. Shot up. It, it, what it means is that, you know, women, as mothers especially, I mean, the ECP say that 70% of sex workers are mothers. People who are having benefit cuts, benefit sanctions, being put onto universal credit mm. are losing their housing for them and their kids. What are they supposed to do but go on the game? And what can you do? Raped. Yeah. And then you may get raped and then nobody's going to take you seriously because you're a sex worker. It's... And you get students as well because you've got, stu- you got to pay student fees now. Exactly. So there's a lot of young girls who don't realise that they can say no to things because they don't have access to, you know, that kind of education. Well, and also, you know, it's also about the way the laws work. I mean, yeah. as you know, the ECP campaigns for decriminalisation of the prostitution laws and part of the reason for that is if you work together you are liable to be prosecuted yeah yeah. you're not allowed to work together and working together is the safest thing you can do Mm. you know and girls have a whole a whole set of safety measures that are put in place like you know you never go out on your own without telling somebody what time you're coming back you try and call somebody as soon as you're out of the flat Mm. If you have any bad feeling about it, you get the hell out of there. And there's a, you know, there's a whole set of safety things that people do to look out for each other, mm. either their partners, their family or other girls that they're working in the same area as. And these laws absolutely put women in danger. It's again, you know, the way the whole world seems to have gone populist and to the right. Yes. And people are othered. 
Mm. And if you are less, if you're seen as less, yeah. this just seems to be really personifying that. Yeah. And it's, it's terrifying because the fact that you say this is how it was in the 70s. I mean, how the fuck has that happened? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So this is an indicative, I think, of a whole shift. It think? is. It's a real reversal of low, of women's rights in every kind of social sector. And it, it, it's very hard. I mean, you obviously are dependent on the criminal justice system to protect you from violent people, but you're also dependent on resources to get out of that situation. Mm. So, yeah. for example, you know, or to thinking stop you getting of, in that situation. Exactly. It, thinking of the situation that a lot of women are in of domestic violence, rape in the home. It's really hard if there's no refuges yeah. near you, yeah. if you can't get benefits to move out. If you, you know, a lot of women, if they are working in a in a regular job, might lose their job in that situation. Yeah. You, you know, it's it's a very traumatic thing to happen and it turns your whole life upside down and it turns your whole family upside down. It doesn't just happen to one person. And things can't just function like they were before and so sometimes people are in chaos and they really need resources and help yeah you know and and the other thing that we're up against is is the family courts you know because they are just completely treating domestic violence like it's nothing no and two women a week are killed by their partners or ex-partners every week (laughs) in this country two two a week Fuck, but they are put, but they're making a nod to it. It's so weird because they're saying that um, kind of mental abuse will still come under. So it's it's so weird, isn't it? How the yeah. movements seem to be being made, but yeah. actually, we just seem oh, to be um, taking this massive step back. A lot of it is lip service, right? You know, I mean, all this stuff that Theresa May is famous for being concerned I about. Oh, <laughs> oh, um, she is supposed to be this champion about domestic violence, but actually, under her, refuges have been cut. Yeah. And they, yeah. you know, they fiddle the figures so it yeah. looks like they're doing something, but actually, there's nothing. Has, has it been this money's not there shift back that's inspired doing the, uh, doing the play, or is it is it just the right time, or is it because the because what you've got one of the girls who what well, one of the women yeah who it actually happened to and right. you're working with one of them has she it, has been involved in the play yeah uh, she's. You know, had had a had a go with the script, and she comes to do a Q and A session on three of our wow. performances, which is fantastic. Wow! Um, basically, how it came about is that a playwright from the states contacted us a few years ago and said, "I really want to do a piece for you. What can I do?" And we kind of thought among ourselves, this was such a fantastic event, and it's been neglected by. Um, academics and the legal profession you know it it got reported at the time in the newspapers of course but there's been hardly any publicity about it since it's Mm. not like we all know this is a really important part of women's women's history yeah it's it's not and so we we did a pilot show a couple of years ago a couple of pilot shows and then when the whole me too thing happened some of the people involved in the play were kind of coming back to us saying, guys, you really should do this again and do it on a larger scale and over a couple of weeks. So we, yeah, we tried it and we, we tried to get some funding and we didn't do very well. So this has been put together as we've got a few little grants and we've done a crowdfunding and we've got a smallish theatre that we could afford. Yeah. And yeah, we're doing it anyway. So, <laughs> I mean, we're basically just, okay, you're not going to fund us. We're doing it anyway. Do, it, do anyway. it. How, what do we see? So is it like Crown Court? Do you remember Crown Court? Uh, <laughs> yes, I do. 
Um, well, I can't give it all away because okay. people won't oh. come and see it. But what I can tell you about it is is very exciting. Yeah. It's very tense. It's quite shocking. It's very moving. It's quite disturbing. The actors are fantastic. Mm. You know, they're all professional actors and and they're very goodwilled and very excited about it to be involved. And what we found, which speaks well of it, I think, also, is that just people are coming, turning up every day and saying, I want to be involved. I'm a volunteer. I'll donate this. You know, barristers are donating their outfits to us and their very oh, precious brilliant. wigs, which cost thousands yeah. of pounds. Do they? Yeah. yeah they oh, are. How do They're you know? Lonely. Why are you not like you know how much a barrister's wig costs? <laughs> Because I looked into one. I'll have one of them. No, I won't. (laughs) They're they're basically made to measure for them and they keep it for life. Quite a few of the ones we've met, it's like, oh, that my mother got me that when I first qualified. And it's really precious. And I'm going, okay, I'm going to protect it with my life, honestly. You know, it's, yeah. And this was the first private case. This was the first private prosecution for rape in England and Wales. And it was a really ballsy thing to do. Yeah. It was a really gutsy thing to do. It was terrifying. Because we didn't the, know if it, how it was going to go. It's terrible that we don't know about it. And that's why the barristers would be so, you know, they, they want to be part of this history. You know, they want to help. Yeah. They want to do their bit. Yeah. I didn't sure even that was know you could do that. Like if the exactly. Crown, if the CPS said, no, we, we can't prosecute anyone. I didn't even know you could go exactly. somewhere else. Exactly. How do you even do that? Would you? Well, you, what you have to do is you have to take over the role of the state and you have to work with the police with the evidence they have and bring it to court without the state prosecutors. And that is a big piece of work. Wow. We hoped it was going to start a wave of yeah, private prosecutions. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just so hard for people to, to afford it if you were paying privately i think back 20 years ago it would have cost between 30 and fifty thousand pounds jesus oh, so who's going to wow. do that yeah we, what we needed is a whole army of barristers to come yeah. forward and say okay we'll do this without the ground prosecution well, we service now art, yeah art moves stuff doesn't it yeah um, hopefully and you use <laughs> the transcript that's what i'm kind of intrigued yeah. by did you yeah. was there anything in it that would that give anything away that you just thought actually you couldn't use uh, no, not really. I mean, um, I'm guessing some of it's shocking. It is shocking. And it, we've, we haven't, we haven't, we haven't complete, but basically it's almost verbatim. If I tell but it is a two week trial condensed into an hour, just over an hour. Yeah. So you can only take segments out of it. And there's other scenes in it which are not in the trial. So I love that conceit, though. So when is it? You must it, come, yeah. It is the 1st to the 14th of November, apart from Sundays, and it's at 7.30 at the uh, Clean Break Studios, which is in Kentish Town, really easy to get to, fully disabled, Cape accessible. Town. Kentish. K-Town. Kentish Town. K-Town. I thought you were saying Cake Town. Cake Town. <laughs> Um, and you've got uh, the Q&A after the shows on the 1st and the 8th and the 12th of November that's right brilliant and uh, why am I saying brilliant that's just to myself brilliant but the first I'm is reading. already sold out I oh really mention that yeah oh fantastic yeah it's really good this is going to be huge I I've got so. a really good I mean it could be cystitis but I think <laughs> I think this is going to be... You're taking this around the world. Edinburgh, definitely. Camden Fringe. You know, the world's our oyster. Yeah. Yeah. We just need the right people to rock up. Well, you've just met us. And get interested. You've just met the right people. (laughs) All right. So we need more barristers to come and so they can do this kind of service for free. And we need a nice, rich... Uh, angel producer to come yeah. along yeah and someone who runs a big theatre company okay. would give be you good. some money to take yeah. you around yeah 
Take Perfect. us everywhere. I mean, just to give you an example, we've already been approached by a few other theatres across the Britain, but we haven't got the money to take it anywhere. Oh no! Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. So it's let's not see. that the interest isn't there. It's yeah. that you know that someone's got to stump up the resources to make it work. Yeah. I wish you lots of luck with this. I think it sounds fantastic. Thank you very much. Yay. Brilliant. Um, oh, and um, you can get tickets at nobadwomen.brownpapertickets.com. I thought that was really fascinating. And it's always great to hear from, well, for me personally, I always love talking to people about the English Collective Prostitutes and they share this space with women against rape. And it's fascinating that they've come together to create this. What do you think? I think that I'm I'm shocked that I'd never heard of the case. Yeah. Um, I think it's, I mean, it, I think just the fact that uh, Lisa was saying that loads of people are giving their services for free and we want to help out just shows I think that it's a really important case that, that yeah. you know if we didn't know about it then we should know about it now and also that they need to make a great production so that people you know it, it kind of gives it justice and I love that one of the original women is involved in it almost as a consultant and, and Lisa was just saying that um, Lisa and I just went for a little run of course and she was just saying to me that um, it's it's almost cathartic yeah. for the woman it's like her having her voice and having her say. I think it sounds absolutely fascinating, so I would urge people to get along. And all the details we've mentioned in the podcast, haven't we? So yes. First and 14th of November at yeah. Clean Break Studios. Um, yeah, go along. I think it sounds amazing. My name is BB Lynch. I'm Miranda Kane. Good Sex, Bad Sex was produced by Sam Bonham for Metro.co.uk. You can get in touch with us in all sorts of ways. Twitter, Instagram, just put Good Sex, Tarot. Bad Sex. Tarot, we pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> Good sex, bad sex with triple X. And on Instagram now, are you kidding? I know. And All we're the just, technology. And we're good sex, bad sex. And you can also email us as well. Yeah, Twitter. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, info at sexpod.co.uk. And um, we're not on Slack yet. Um, so. <laughs> You can't. You got to get over that. I can never get over Slack. Um, <laughs> hey, man, to see you next week. See you. See you next. No, week. No, see you next no, week. See, no, stop no, it. You put the phone. Stop down. it. <laughs>